Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to For the Love of the Culture. It's your girl, it's your host, Ebony Hoffman. And let's get right into it. So just to cover a few housekeeping items. I know it's been a while since I have released an episode for the show. There's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes. But let's just talk about the elephant in the room right now. I am recording a solo episode and that is because I am the only host now for the love of the culture. My two co-hosts decided to not continue on with the podcast for personal reasons and so I wish them well. So I've decided to go ahead and continue with the show because I love all things black culture, love having conversations. So this will be the final episode for season one. And this is the last episode for 2020 and I'll be back 2021 for season two, which will be a new show format. I have some great guests lined up. We have a website dropping next year and some merchandise. So stay tuned for all of those goodies for 2021. Make sure that you like this podcast on your platform of your choosing. And when we drop new episodes, you will get a notification on your feed. So yeah. Let's go right into uh, this final episode. And so we're going to do a wrap up of 2020. So episode 10 is wrapping up 2020. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the year that made us say WTF. It was the year that we asked Jesus to take the wheel. It was the year that we said that this is too much. It was the year that we said this is too ghetto. It was the year 2020. So to say that this has been an eventful year is just truly an understatement. Hopefully you started out maybe as Gucci Mane at the beginning of 2020, but you're ending 21 as Jeezy. That's a uh, reference to one of my favorite versus battles, but we'll talk more about that once we get to the music section of this wrap up show. So let's get right into the first area that I want to talk about wrapping up 2020, and that is politics. I know that we've been taught that it is bad manners to talk about sex, money, and politics, but we're going to talk about politics today. So I am recording this episode just a few days left in 2020, and that means that if you live in the United States, that we have passed the dreaded 2020 presidential elections. Lord have mercy. There was so much drama, so much intense um, feelings leading up to the 2020 presidential election. Just in case you are a Trump supporter who is listening to this show, let me give you a newsflash. Uh, Biden did win the 2020 presidential elections. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Biden won, Trump lost. So it's been such a crazy time. We have luckily passed and somewhat survived the 2020 presidential elections, kind of, sort of. I say that only because Trump is still contesting the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. It's like, it's really insane because it's almost like if you have like a couple friend and every time y'all go out, they're always like cutting up, they get into arguments, they're screaming, they're cussing, and they're making everybody uncomfortable. And you're like, why do they stay together? Why don't they just call this quits? Like, obviously they need to break up. Well, basically that's what I feel like. We're in a very toxic relationship with Donald Trump where he does not want to leave us, but he gets to go. 
okay? He needs to get out of here. So it's just been so crazy, you know, again, just going through the aftermath of a presidential election that broke, you know, a lot of records. What we also have learned uh, this year when it comes to politics is that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words really do matter. We are still in this battle against facts versus fake news. You know, that has definitely been uh, a common theme with Trump and his supporters, just putting fake information out of there attacking like the news media, the print newspaper, stating they are spreading false news when it really is the Trump supporters and Trump that are spreading the fake news. So let's just do a deeper dive into the 2020 presidential election. I will say that we, the people of America, can thank Trump because during this last year, we've gotten a very intense civics refresher class of Donald Trump. Now, unfortunately, they did not find him guilty. Still scratching my head on that. But we went through a impeachment trial as a country. We have not seen this happen since President Clinton. And to be, you know, completely honest, I don't quite recall that. I think I may have been maybe in fourth or fifth grade. So I can assure you I wasn't paying attention to politics then. But that is the last time that we've actually went through an impeachment of a president in the United States. But let's talk about some of the historical numbers that occurred with this presidential election. Biden received 51.3% of the popular votes for our last election, which is about 81.2 million votes. He is the first president to have received more than 80 million votes. So people really got out and, and cast their votes. Trump, on the other hand, he received 46.8% of the popular vote. Now, what's crazy is if you look at the numbers from 2016 to 2020, Trump actually received about 10.2 more votes than in 2016. Fullest pause there. I'm trying to figure out who are these 10 million people that voted for Trump that didn't vote in 2016. I just knew that it was going to be a landslide victory for Biden. And I think that's probably been very troubling for us on the other side that he actually gained more people that actually voted for him. It kind of reminds me of my parents. Um, they got married, then they got divorced. Then they got married a second time and then they got divorced. And it's like, you didn't learn the first time that this ain't, this ain't it. So it was kind of mind boggling to me that 10 million more people voted for Trump the second time around, considering the fact that he basically did a rally cry to a white supremacist group during the presidential debates. We've never seen that in our lifetime. He admitted on a recording that he was downplaying the seriousness of COVID. He has been absolutely irresponsible and reckless with the federal response to a global pandemic that at this current time of this recording, we've had over 300,000 Americans die from COVID and we still as a country do not have a handle on it. So it was kind of crazy to me that more people actually voted for Trump than they did in 2016. Cause it's like, girl, did you not learn your lesson the first time? Like, what did he say that made you say, Hey, we want to do another four years of this. So luckily, the popular vote. But let's shift gears to 
let's shift gears to the electoral vote. So again, Trump and his administration has given us a civic lesson. 2020 was the year that we had our most recent census, which collects data about the demographics of U.S. citizens. And this particular census, Trump and his administration did a lot to kind of hijack the process to also include shortening the time period of the census, collecting the data, also restricted the funding for people to be able to go out and actually verify the census. Um, there's an audit part to that. And why that really became important this particular year is because, and I did not realize this, is that the census actually goes towards how we determine which states have so many votes for electoral college. And as we know, last presidential election, when it was Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by a landslide, but it was the electoral college vote that she ended up losing the presidential election. So if anything else, I think that as Americans, especially Black Americans, we've been reminded that we have a civic duty to do certain things because there are real life consequences and repercussions to us not being a part of the civil political process in the United States. But let's talk about who are the unsung heroes of the 2020 presidential election. It was black people, but in particular, black women. We really did show up and show out, but in a good way. We didn't show our, our, our tails, but black people came out in very large numbers to help secure Biden's win for the presidential election, which actually says a lot because we know that the COVID death rates is disproportionately affecting black and brown people. But even with the numbers against us, black people got out and we vote. There were a lot of local grassroots organizations that were led by black women all over the country but in particular Georgia, where they really did rally up the black base. And what I can say when I think about politics, when I think about social injustice issues for 2020, is that I have a little bit of hope that is building up inside of me. Hope that, no, we know that the problems of this country, especially when you talk about social injustice, you talk about the criminal system, when you talk about the systemic racism that is very prevalent in this country, that is not something that we're going to fix overnight. However, I have had some hope that has been building in me in 2020. Part of that has been to see the number of black voters that got out and that got re-excited, re-engaged because we understand that there's a lot on the line and at stake for us. I'm in no way saying that a Biden-Harris ticket is going to magically solve our problems, but at least we have administration in there that can act with a level of humanity and with a level of compassion and, and with a level of using intellect <laughs> in a way that there can be constructive dialogue, which is really something we have not seen these last four years. So uh, that gives me a little bit of hope. The other thing that gives me a little bit of hope and is unfortunate, but the response to the killing of George Floyd. It is the first time that I can recall that there has been a global response from the global citizens that said that enough is enough. 
it is the first time that there's been a killing of an unarmed black person at the hands of the police where there were more allies that were not people of color. It was bittersweet to see the protests, and again, this happened globally, where it wasn't just black people on the line that were protesting the killing of black people, but we saw a lot of people who were not black. We saw a global response from individuals, from governments, and from companies and corporations and different organizations that realized that we have a serious problem in the United States, when you look at our criminal justice system, when you look at our how our police interact with um, communities for people of color, it brought up a conversation of defunding the police, which has been a very hot button topic uh, within conversations. Um, it definitely was something that came up during our presidential election, where that is a campaign to not get rid of the police, but to kind of look at how we are funding, um, how we're funding police organizations across the country and to use some of those financial resources and shift them in communities that, that have different needs, that perhaps there are ways that we can de-escalate certain situations that don't result in the killing of unarmed black people. And the last thing that gave me a little bit of hope when I think about the political scene here is that, hello, just in case you forgot, we just elected Kamala Harris. She is the first woman to be the vice president of the United States of America. She's the first black slash Asian woman to hold that seat. I can say as a black woman, the night that they finally called the election in Biden's favor, there was a collective sense of joy that was just so overwhelming for myself as a black woman, but for other black women, um, other women, other Asian women that we were like, wow. Because when you even look at the history of the vice presidency, there was a nice little meme or a picture I saw on social media where it had like all the vice presidents and all you see is white men. And then there's this big picture of Kamala Harris. It gives me a little bit of hope that we are a nation that realizes that there are some things that have to change. We cannot say that we're the greatest country in the world when we have real issues in this country. One being that we have systemic racism that has been built into the foundation of this country that is very prevalent in the institutions that affect the lives of black people. And so I will say that I have a little bit of hope that has been building up in me in 2020. And it is safe to say that it's been a hell of a year with politics in 2020. So I'm hoping that we are in the beginning phases of making some real change. And I look forward to what is to come in 2021. So the next area that I want to highlight for 2020 is music. I love me some music. I am proud to say that I'm an 80s baby, which means I grew up in an era where there was good music. Give me some 80s and 90s R&B and I am good. But I also mean that I grew up in the era of Ether versus Takeover. Yep, once upon a time, Nas and Jay-Z was not cool for those of you who um, are a little bit younger and don't remember that. I grew up in the era of Tupac versus Biggie. I grew up in the era of 50 Cent versus Ja Rule. Now, what do all of those names have in common? They had rap 
beef. And in 2020, we were blessed that Timbaland and Swiss Beats decided to create a platform known as the Versus Battles. Yes, Lord. It was everything that we needed that we didn't even realize we was missing in our life. And so I just wanted to cover a couple of verse battles that were my favorites for this year. And so I'm going to start out with Babyface and Teddy Riley. Yes, Lord. Well, what I will say is that the memes that came out of this battle was legendary. I love me some black Twitter. Oh, they know how to create some memes and put some captions that will bless your soul. And there were some epically hilarious memes that came out of this battle between the babyface and the Teddy Riley. Now, I will say that I love them both. They are two living legends, icons that has blessed us with so much music that spans many, 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 many decades. I had the pleasure to see Babyface in concert in 2019. Uh, he was here in the Hampton, Virginia area for the Hampton Jazz Festival. So I took my mom to see him because my mom loved her some Babyface, which is how I got my exposure to Babyface. And baby, let me tell you something. Don't you ever, ever, not ever sleep on Mr. Babyface. I didn't know what to expect with seeing him in concert because I, I obviously I know that he can sing. I know he's an amazing um, producer so I never like doubted his talent but baby he gave a really good performance Mr. Babyface can perform and then he had a whole 20 minute segment of his set where he said just in case you sleeping on my music abilities let me give you my resume and I forgot how many other artists how many like timeless classic songs that Babyface produced I mean he did a whole segment of just like his Bobby Brown stuff I was like yes so I had some exposure to Babyface and was really looking forward to this uh, this ba this battle between the two. But it kind of started off really shaky because Teddy Riley had some issues with his sound. It was trash dot to the com. It was so bad that they had to reschedule the battle and he just was not prepared. And again, black Twitter got him. I mean, the memes were hilarious. So they were able to reschedule the battle and it was still a mess. They were having some technology issues. They really remind me of like older people in my family that just do not understand smartphones because they were really struggling with how to use IG, how to connect to IG live. But what I can say that it was a good battle of two legendary icons in the music in the music uh, business. And it was so crazy because so many people were trying to get on and stream the IG live that like IG like almost like shut down because they were capping who could actually come in and view it. So it was it was a good show. Uh, I dream that one day. Um, I aspire to be like Babyface and not musically because there was just times when Shade was kind of being thrown at him by Teddy and he had just such a cool, calm, smooth collective. He threw some shade that was so shuttle that was so subtle that you almost wouldn't realize it was shade until you had to stop and acknowledge it. And y'all know me, I love good shade because I am petty LaBelle. So hopefully as I get older, I will be more baby face like. So overall, it was one of my top 
versus battles that I really enjoy. But let's talk about another legendary versus battle that happened. And it was from the great, 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 great Erica Badu versus Jill Scott. Yes, Lord. You know, honestly, to say that they battled is not the right word. It was more of a collaboration. If you got a chance to watch the versus battle, you felt it felt like Sunday soul food dinner after you've been in church all day. You just ate some fried chicken, some collard greens with some biscuits and you wash it down with some sweet tea and then you took that nap. You know that after church nap where you've been in church all day, but then you ate good, but then you get that itis. It felt so warm loving and comforting and what was amazing about their battle and and i even hate to use the word battle is that there was so much appreciation and respect that these two black women have from each other there were so many stories that they shared about their careers separately but also the times that their careers like collided Jill Scott's smile is just, it's just good. It, it, I mean, it just, the way she smiles, the way that she talks is just so good. And it was just everything. I mean, I loved it. I'm a big fan of both of them. I had an opportunity to also see Erica Badu in concert. I think I've seen her like two or three times. There's this music festival that I used to go to in Columbia, Maryland, where it was an outdoor pavilion and it's a music festival. And I believe I've been there three times, I think. So out of the the three years, she was there twice. And baby, it is a good concert. She gives a good performance. She is amazing. I still need to see Jill Scott in a concert. Hopefully if the world ever opens up and we get rid of Corona, I will have an opportunity to see her uh, tour. So the final battle that I wanna highlight for the versus battle is Gucci versus Jeezy. And I kinda gave, I kinda mentioned this battle in the intro. I have a confession to make on the mic. I love me some trap music. Yes, yes, yes. Give me the hood ratchet trap music. I love it. I love all of it. And I love me some Jeezy and I love me some Gucci Man. So I went into this battle just like, ah, how do you choose? Because they are both respected in the rap game, but it's kind of hard to compare the two because when you think about it, Jeezy has a very impressive, complete uh, discography. He has some classic albums. I mean, Thug Motivation, Trap or Die, The Recession. I mean, Jeezy has some really good, good, good albums. I mean, he has some really good albums. And then if you compare that to Gucci, not even Shade Him, but Gucci has an impressive. But then when you compare that to Gucci Mane, he has close to like 74, maybe 80 mixtapes. Because there was a time when he was putting out mixtapes like several times. Um, a month and so sometimes it's not a fair comparison to look at an artist that has a very complete library of just good solid uh, albums versus an artist who has a good solid library of mixtapes 
So needless to say, I was just like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. But let's keep it real. If you got a chance to, to watch the versus battles, we was all holding our breath because there was a point in the battle where Gucci Man got on that mic and he was talking reckless. OK, he was talking reckless. He was taking some shots and it looked like it was going to get a little tense. So we all was a little nervous. We all thought a fight was going to break out. But. Jeezy kept his cool. He he kept his cool. There was a point during the battle where things got a little heated because Gucci had took some shots at what Gucci had took some shots at Jeezy referring to his outfit. So if you saw the battle, you saw that Gucci man was just fresh. He had on a nice outfit, was nicely um, color coordinated. And then you look at Jeezy who had, I think like a bandana and then he had on a jersey. <clears throat> so Gucci made a comment about how his outfit cost more than $10,000, look at me. So then Jeezy being in his grown man shit, he was like, uh, I ain't got a $10,000 outfit on, but I own half of Atlanta with real estate. And we got to see the progression of two men, two black men that started in the rap games, similar times, but the maturity level. Because Jeezy, there were times when he could have responded out of anger, but he just, he was very chill about it. And it even just goes to show the mindset of Gucci versus Jeezy. Don't get me wrong. I love Jeezy. I love Gucci man. <clears throat> And I like to laugh and joke about things, but you definitely could see a difference in that Jeezy is on his grown man shit. He's about, uh, you know, investing. He's about not looking like you have money, but actually you have money. And I would have to say that I think he came off as the winner. You know, again, there was some good hits on both sides. It even got a little tense when Gucci played his diss track called Truth, which is a track that he produced back in like 2005. Just to give you a little background, if you're not familiar of why this was an interesting battle. <clears throat> allegedly, because you know we got to say allegedly, like we're on the Wendy Williams show. Allegedly, Jeezy has sent some of his boys to come after Gucci. They broke into his house. Gucci shot one of the guys that allegedly was sent by Jeezy, which resulted in his death. And so there have been beef and feuds going on between Gucci and and Jeezy that stems back almost 20 years and they've there's been a lot of bad blood and so when Gucci played the diss track called Truth which is talking about the situation got a little tense we was on Instagram and social all the social media platforms saying girl I don't know what's getting ready to happen they finna end this party it kind of felt like when you go to the club and the music is good you having a good time but then it's like the two or three people that start cutting up in the club then the DJ turn the music off you holding your breath because you had a really good outfit on you done paid 40 50 dollars for cover charge the night is still young you like man it's always some people messing it up that's how I felt this battle. But luckily, you know, there wasn't anything that popped off where they got violent. We got to have a whole versus battle. They were able to, I hope they were able to move past the past and what happened over 20 years ago and hopefully rebuild a new bridge. I hope we get some new music between the two of them. 
it was classic that they ended the song with Icy, which was a song that both Gucci Man, the Gucci Man song that Jeezy was on. So it was a great way to end, to me, one of the best uh, versus battles that took place during um, quarantine. There were other ones, but those were the three that kind of stood out to me. I mean, we even had one between Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle, and that was good. I hope I'm in my 70s. I look that good and I got that much energy. So it was really, really good. So thank you again to Swiss Beats and Timbaland for blessing our souls with the versus battle. Can't wait to see what battles go on um, next year. Like I would really love to see like Jay-Z, but I'm like to put him against Nas. I was like, I kind of want to see that because I love them both, but I kind of don't. We'll love to see Mary up there. We'll love to see Jasmine Sullivan. So hopefully we'll get some really good ones in 2021. But again, we didn't realize we needed versus battle until we had it. There are even some new things that kind of popped off with music when you think about DJ Nice, where he really took off during quarantine because he was doing an IG like live set. And you see a lot more DJs that are doing IG live parties, which is nice because we miss the streets. We miss the club. I love to dance. And it was nice to sometimes still have that variety with a DJ mix in my bed, but still, you know, to, to get that music. But let's talk about some other things that popped off in 2020 when you talk about music. There was a song that came out that uh, had a great visual depiction in a video. It has some very strong lyrics that caused a lot of conversation. And that song would be WAP. W-A-P. Now, I'm not going to actually say what WAP stands for because I don't want to get censored by saying um, the P word, but you can fill in the blank. And that song was produced by Cardi B featuring Megan The Stallion. Now, had a lot of conversation with both men and women about this song because this was a big song this year. Not so much because of the streaming records that it, bro that it broke, because it did, but also it started the conversation about respectability with women especially black female rappers there were a lot of people that just was not feeling this song you know people felt that it was just too much in your face it was too vulgar what kind of woman will talk about her pee and how it feels and how dare they and the other side of the coin was like hey like this is amazing it's promoting uh, black female positivity about your sexuality it is women owning their sexuality and taking control of that and feeling comfortable enough to have those type of conversations uh, it was a resurgent of you know what we have been accustomed to in the rap game if you think about like little kim foxy brown you think about trina you know wap is not that much different than songs that we've had from other female rappers the hypocrisy that I didn't like is when people were coming after Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, and they've they've had this before with other songs, but I think this song was really heightened because of the, what WAP actually stands for. But I found it hypocritical that people were coming down on them having a song talking about sex, and I'm like, uh, back up the car. Aren't most male rappers talking about sex, talking about hoes, talking about they side chick and they got this, you know, and I'm just like, come on now. Like if we're going to have that conversation and, and it's, it is a conversation I think is worth having. We need to be fair. If we're saying that women can't rap about sex or their body parts, then that same logic needs to be applied towards men. I really don't think that it 
that you know both female and male rappers can't rap about sex because sex is a part of life WAP caused a lot of drama this year because people just wasn't having I personally like the song it's on a heavy rotation on my Spotify playlist it's one of the songs for my uh, workout playlist so I love WAPT I think people just got a little too invested and a little too um, upset about something that really wasn't that big of a deal and then the last musical highlight for 2020 was the aftermath of the shots not heard Yes, we are talking about Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez, which we have covered that situation a few times on this podcast show. But just in case you had not listened to the previous shows or if you've been living underneath a rock and you're not familiar with what happened, uh, Megan the Stallion, Tory Lanez, who's also a rapper, attended a party at Kylie Jenner's house. Don't know why I was there. Yeah, I had no business being there. Anywho, some sort of argument or confrontation happened between Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez while they were in their SUV, which resulted in Megan Thee Stallion being shot in the foot, allegedly, and I only say allegedly so I don't get sued. Thank you, Wendy Williams, for letting us know that you gotta say allegedly. But allegedly, Tory Lanez shot her in the foot. For months, we didn't hear anything from Megan, even though we saw video footage that she had been shot. And we saw that Tory Lanez was arrested that same night for having a firearm without a permit to carry. Then Tory Lanez decided that it would be a good idea during the same week that the AG down in Kentucky decided not to bring murder charges against the police officers that murdered Breonna Taylor. Tory Lanez thought it was a good idea that same week when Black folks was already pissed off about that and about the mistreatment of a black woman to release an album, which was a diss towards Megan the Stallion and the whole shooting allegation, which I think if you listen to previous episodes, I went on a whole rant about him. But and it was at that moment that I knew, you know what, I I can't rock with Tory Lanez. For me, I have removed him off of my playlist that I have on Spotify because I know I like to curate my own playlist. Love Spotify. This is not an ad for Spotify, but hey, Spotify, if you want to be a sponsored show, holla at your girl. Fast forward, Megan Thee Stallion released an album about a month ago where she has a diss track where she called him out, called Shots Fired. She released uh, a, a diss song to respond back to Tory Lanez and his crappy uh, album that he produced as a diss track to her. And she has a song that's called Shots Fired, which is a remake to Biggie's song of Who Shot You. Listen to the song, I, I love it. She just, she went in on him as she should. Her shooting in relation to Tory Lanez has been a big thing that happened in black culture, in particular when you're looking at the music industry. So that is all that I have on music. I can't wait to see what is in store for 2021. Hopefully the streets will open back up. We can be back in the clubs. We can blast our music. So excited for what is to come in 2021 for the music. The next category that I wanted to talk about was TV and movies. It's like, you know, 2020 just tried to rob us of all of our joy. And this is kind of a side note rant. I did not realize that when it came to TV shows and there is a season on that they did not 
shoot all of the episodes in the current season at the same time because a lot of our shows got shortened because of COVID to also include Billions. Billions is a Showtime show is really, really, really good. We didn't get to see all the episodes. So we didn't get a whole lot with TV and movies in 2020 because of COVID. And of course, you know, when you talk about film or TV production, you have a lot of people there. And so it was a safety risk. But there are a couple things that I wanted to cover that happened in the TV movie industry. So let's talk about TV. Lifetime is known for doing their biopic stories or movies. And this year, did they not bless your soul with the Clark sisters? Now, I didn't see the Clark sister Lifetime movie until like the month of November. I think I watched it over uh, Thanksgiving break. It actually came out in April. It actually came out, I think like in April or March, March or April. Cause I remember seeing people like post about it and Overall, I saw like good reviews, but I finally watched it in November. Let me tell you something. The Clark sisters remind us the difference between people who can sing and people who can sing. It blessed my whole entire soul. I have flashbacks because I feel like Mama Clark was like my grandma because my grandma was very strict about certain things, especially pertaining to the church. And when Mama Clark was getting on one of the sisters about partying with the devil on Saturday night and not being in the Lord's house on Sunday, Lord, did I not hear my grandma's voice. What was really kind of amazing about the movie is I recall, I remember certain Clark sister songs because again of my grandmother, she would play gospel music all the time, but in particular when we would get ready for church. So there were a lot of the songs that the Clark sisters have produced over the years that I'm very much familiar with. Grew up in the black church and music is a big part of black church culture. But what I did not know was the background stories with uh, with Mama Clark and the sisters. And I was like, Lord have mercy. So no one's exempt from having uh, drama and baggage in their families and neither did the Clark sisters. But it was an amazing it was amazing to see their story brought to TV and the singing was good. I mean, it was good, good. I mean, they just, they sang my braids right on off because I love me some good singing and I love me some good gospel music. So that was a big uh, TV highlight this year. Another TV highlight that I wanted to share is, and if you do not watch This Is Us, I need you to pause and I need you to have a talk with the Lord. Because if you do not watch This Is Us, I don't know what you're really doing with your life. This Is Us is one of the best TV shows, okay? The best TV shows. If you are emotionally constipated, and what I mean by that is if you're a person who has a hard time getting in touch with your feelings or expressing your emotions, you need to watch This Is Us. It's going to have you in tears. It's that good. Jack Pearson, which is one of the characters on the show, which is the dad, he is like the best dad. Like I'm like, can Jack be my daddy? Can, can he be my dad? But it's such an amazing show. Well produced. The writers are awesome on that show. But what was um, interesting about This Is Us, and I will also throw in, because it's not in my notes, but I'll throw it in too because it just came to mind, Blackish, is that these were two shows that cover not only the the COVID pandemic, because they came back on in the fall, but they also covered the Black Lives Movement, uh, social injustice. They both cover Black Lives Matters movement, which was amazing to actually see that on TV. They also cover the killing of George Floyd. 
I remember reading articles where people were writing in and complaining about This Is Us because they covered Black Lives Matters and the killing of George Floyd and people were saying, well, this is TV. Why do we have to see this? I thank the producers and the writers of the show who took the time to have TV shows and both shows are extremely popular, not only just with black people, but just um, with other um, ethnic groups as well. It warmed my heart to see these shows address those issues because these are real issues that are happening in our community. They're happening in our country currently. And so it warmed my heart to see these two shows uh, cover those topics. And for the people who wrote into This Is Us and was upset, you just gonna have to be mad because one of the main characters of the show is a black man who was adopted by uh, white parents who, um, it was really good. It was one episode, I think it was the first episode of the most recent season. And Randall, who is a black character, he's one of the big three. Uh, he's married to Beth. They have three beautiful, gorgeous uh, girls. And they were having the conversation within their home, uh, wrestling with how you have those conversations with your children, which as a mother to uh, a black a black son, my son is a young man. These are conversations that black parents are having across this country. It is so hard to explain to your kids how you could be stopped by the police and you could be completely innocent. But if you move uh, too quickly or in the wrong manner, you could be shot dead. And so it was good to see these shows having um, these type of moments for people to see outside of our community, to see that these are the everyday struggles and these are the real conversations that black parents are having with their kids. So I love that those two shows cover that. Also, um, talking about the movie industry, Dave Chappelle. He is the top paying comedian uh, currently, maybe of, of, of all time. But he put together a stand-up that was called 846. So 846 represents the number of minutes that George Floyd was um, illegally and improperly detained by police officers. Uh, again, if you watch the video, uh, his the police officers had their knee or had his knee on his neck, which resulted in his death. And so Dave Chappelle stand up, and it's even hard to kind of call it a stand up because it wasn't funny. He didn't really have any jokes, but it was really him just opening up and sharing his thoughts about things going in the world, uh, going on in the United States during this pandemic uh, to include George Floyd. He also shared that eight minutes 846 is actually the timestamp on his birth certificate and that between being a black man and the symbolism of the number of minutes it took for him to die and that being on his birth certificate that it paused him it caused him to pause and to think and to ponder and to really talk about the race relations in this country and so it it was a good stand-up. I, I have a friend uh, who didn't particularly care for it. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. And we had some conversations around it. But I also did want to kind of close out the highlights of this year to somewhat kind of talk about COVID. Uh, I'm just so tired of COVID. I think we all are just tired of COVID. But this has just been a very unique year just across all fronts. 
Never in any of our lifetimes have we seen a virus have such an impact that this virus has had beyond just the health implications, the number of people that have lost, the number of people that we've lost in the United States, which at the time of this recording, that number is over 300,000 people that we have lost. The financial implications that this virus has had, the the fact that we have had tens of millions of people at given times be out of work. We've had whole industries be shut down. We've had a alarming number of small businesses that have just had to stop and close because they could not sustain not being open for a lengthy amount of time. The craziness of the fact that people believe that it is their constitutional right to not wear a mask and potentially put themselves and others in harm's way it's just been a just mind-boggling incredible year in some regards because we've had some good things that have happened and we've shared some of those good things but also just a somber year of just of reflection and just really taking stock of what matters and what doesn't matter you know in addition to you know losing Kobe Bryant this year you know we also lost Katherine Jones, we lost her this year. She was a black mathematician whose calculations was used by NASA. She is one of the black women that were highlighted in the movie called Hidden Figures. We lost her this year. We also lost Chadman Bozeman, which that was just another death that just really shook the black community to the core. He is best known as as the Black Panther, which is a Marvel movie, as, as King T'Challa. It was shared with us that he had been, um, for many years, been battling with colon cancer. And for four years, he has been living with that, and most of us did not know. Don't want to close the show on such a sad moment, so I'll just say this. This has been a hell of a year. We've had some loss collectively as a country, and I think especially in the black community, but there's so many wonderful things that happened this year. And if nothing else, we can say that we're still standing. We are still here. We've pushed through this pandemic. We're gonna keep pushing through. We're gonna keep marching. We're gonna keep protesting. We're gonna keep demanding that we as people of color are recognized in this country, that we are given the same rights as everyone else in this country, that we're treated fairly, that we're able to just live and to just breathe. And I'm hopeful of what is to come in 2021. So that is all that I have for the wrap up for the love of the culture 2020. Thank you guys for tuning into the show this year. Again, this is the last episode for 2020, the last episode for season one. Season two will drop in 2021. It'll be a new format. Uh, I'll have some amazing guests coming on, having some much needed conversation. We'll have a website next year. We'll have merchandise drop. So please make sure that you like our show. You can go to Facebook and go to Instagram. You can also go to Twitter. Find us at For the Love the Culture Podcast. Like, subscribe, and review the podcast on the podcast platform of your choosing. That helps other people discover us. That helps give us the ratings so that the algorithm will keep pushing us forward. Also, when you subscribe, and like to the show. When you subscribe to the podcast, it also allows for new episodes to drop on your feed. So when we have season two trailer launch, you'll get that in your feed without having to remember. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
This has been an amazing year with this new show. I cannot wait till 2021 to try some new things and hear from you guys. Stay safe. Be blessed. Love you. See you next year.